And the pastor went up on the mountain and he began to say, the kingdom of heaven is like, okay, a little bit like, screwdrivers. Hmm. Screwdrivers. How is that? How is, how is it like screwdrivers? The kingdom of heaven is like screwdrivers because these have a job to do and they're pretty good at it. They, they put that screw in there and it holds things together. The screwdriver is intended to hold things together. And there are lots of different kinds of screwdrivers, right? So I have this one. It's, it's one of those flat ones. And then I have another one. It's Phillips. So I have those two. And then I've got some little tiny, tiny ones just for little, little tiny screws. And then I've got ones here for really, I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever used this screwdriver. I've never had a place where I had to reach that far to get to the screw, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I've, I got it. But I have used this one a lot. Little, little dinky one because I've had to get my hand into, into little tiny places to get that screw in or out. And all of these have their purposes. Big screws, little screws, evidently far away screws, all, all kinds of screws. But each of them, they, 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 need, they need me to turn the screws. But, but I, got a, I got one here. Yeah, now we're talking, huh? This screwdriver can drive some serious screws, right? And the cool thing is, I can change what goes in the top. So I can do flat ones, I can do Phillips, I can do a whole bunch of different screws in a hurry. It's great. And when it gets tired, I just plug it back in. Unlike my arm when I use these. Can't plug in my arm when I get done with those. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because, you know, these, these hand drivers can do a little bit of work, especially with my arm as the driver. <laughs> but, but when I get a whole bunch of them together... They do some pretty serious stuff, right? I mean, imagine if, if each one of us had a screwdriver just now, how quickly we could drive 100 screws. We could drive 100 screws a whole lot faster when all of us work together, right? Each of us have our place. And if we had different kinds of screws and all of us had different kinds of screwdrivers, we could still, we could still make do, right? We could still make it. We'd match up the different screws with the different drivers and it'd all work, right? And so, it's kind of like that. My problem is, is I'm, I'm like this old screwdriver here. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just a flathead. So, so I, can't, I, can't, I can't do a whole lot all at once, you know? And... and I'm, I can only reach one kind of screw. But there are other people, you know, who, who have... You're just there each week, you know. It's just your lot in life. So other people have different kinds of screwdrivers, and they can reach 
and deal with different kinds of screws, right? And so each of us, I need that back, by the way. Each of us, <laughs> I'll be at home going, where did that thing go? What happened to that thing? Each of us can reach a different kind of people, you know? And, and you know, I, 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 think, I think maybe this is a, a really good way to do some things, but, you know, I can't reach everything with this all at once in the same way that I can put one of these in everybody's hand and reach a whole bunch of screws all at one time. One big advantage of these kind, or actually one big advantage because I'm kind of like the screwdriver, but I have a big advantage over the screwdriver. I have Jesus helping me. The screwdriver is just a screwdriver and it's, it's there. Without somebody turning it, it doesn't go very far, right? I'm, I, I have Jesus to help me as I go through life. Let's think about Jesus today, our fourth fundamental belief is God the Son. And if you'd like to watch the little video, I suggest you get on your phone, go to version, look up the live event because I put the video there for you. So you can, you can look at the video. But Jesus is the express image of the Father. Let's look at that. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. What does the second commandment tell us? Second commandment. First commandment, have no other gods before me, right? The second commandment is, don't make any images, right? Jesus already is the image of God. They kept saying, Oh, we made these calves because they represent God. These are your gods, O Israel, that brought you up out of, the, out of the land of Egypt, right? But they can't represent the invisible God with the form of an ox, right? So we have already an image of the Father. If you want to know what God looks like, look into the face of Jesus, the image of the invisible God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God. How do we know what God is like? Does God love us? Does God care? Does God even take notice of us? Look at Jesus. Because Jesus shows you what God is like. And then the next verse, verse 16. For by Him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth. He is the Creator God. There was nothing before Him. He is the Creator, not the created he is the creator God. There was nothing before him. Verse 17. Verse 17. And he is 
before all things. He is pre-existent. He is so pre-existent that these words here, he is, verse 17, and he is, that is in the Greek very emphatic. Normally the Greek just lets you assume gender and various things based on the forms that it uses on other words. But in this case, it specifically states he is, which is the third person of I am. Paul was claiming here that Jesus is the I am, who always was, who is, who always will be. There was never a time that he did not exist. Paul is saying, the I am is Jesus Christ. Verse 17, he's, Paul says, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Jesus is not only the creator, but also the sustainer. This is who we serve. Verse 18 again, that he is very emphatic, and he is the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the one who has brought this church into existence. He has brought together his people, proclaiming his message, telling the world about his love, his witnesses, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Right? That's the God that we serve. This is who He is. He's not just a man who God decided to use. He is the I Am. That's the God we serve. In Him, verse 19, it, all the fullness dwells. Think about that. There is no part of what we would consider divine that Jesus said, oh, yeah, I missed that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus didn't miss out on any of the divinity. He says, all the fullness dwells in him. That's beautiful. To know God is fully, fully divine. Jesus is fully divine while also being fully human. Can I understand that? How can you be 100% Divine and 100% human. You know, it's a good thing God's way bigger than me, huh? I'm okay with that. Are you? Are you okay with your God being bigger than you? Definitely. So I'm okay with things about God that I don't understand yet. Because last time I checked, I'm not Him. <laughs> right? And so, He is both fully God and fully human. And yet... And yet, he was willing to let go of that. Imagine God willing to let go of being God. You know, I'm, I'm, I have trouble just letting go of simple things around the house, you know. So I, I can't see how, how, to, how to, you know, 
I just can't see like I used to see. And so sometimes I, I'm, I'm beginning to think maybe the long screwdriver would be good so that it's far enough away I can see. You know what I mean? And so, and so it, it gets embarrassing when your kids come up to you or sometimes even your grandkids and say, here, Papa, let me do that for you. Okay. I have trouble just giving up a screwdriver. What's it like for God to come to this earth and lay aside His divinity for you and me? Look at it in verse 20. And by Him to reconcile all things to Himself, by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through what? The blood. Peace through the blood of His cross. Jesus was willing to give up life for you and me. That's pretty serious. That is amazing that He would be willing to do that kind of thing. You know, this screwdriver I've had for a really long time. I have some other ones in my box that I bought more recently that are not all... <clears throat> grody, like this one. You know? Th this one I've had since I was a teenager, actually. So it's been like five years. <laughs> what? You're all laughing. I've had this one for a really long time, but if I was across the street visiting my neighbor, and my neighbor said, Hey, man, your house is on fire. It's like, my screwdriver. No. I'm not going to run back into my burning house to rescue my ancient old screwdriver, right? Jesus ran into the burning house for you and me. Can you imagine? Why would he do that? <laughs> I'm just a flathead screwdriver. You know? Why would he do that? I'm not running into a house for a screwdriver. Not happening. I don't think I'd run back into my house for my computer. Okay, probably not. Maybe. Depends on whether it was in that part of the... Never mind. <laughs> but not for a screwdriver, right? You're not going to run into a building to rescue a screwdriver, but God ran into the building for us. Well, we're way more important than screwdrivers, right? Come on. What does it tell us in verse 21? What does it tell us? And you who were, what? Alienated and, if that weren't enough, enemies. Okay, I admit there have been times when I was screwing with this screwdriver, in especially this one, because, you know, the flat ones, they, they slip, you know, a lot more than the, the Phillips one. And that baby slipped off that screw once and just punched a cool little hole right in the side of my finger there. Yeah. But I honestly still have never thought of my screwdriver as my enemy. Okay. I still won't run into a building for it. <laughs> Not into a burning building to rescue even my friendly screwdriver. God 
was willing to send Jesus and He was willing to come for us when we were alienated and enemies. That's the God we serve. That's who Jesus is. That's the one who loves us. And why would He do that? Why would He do that? What was His purpose? What was His purpose? Verse 20, And by Him, through Christ, to do what? Reconcile. To bring us back together again. To reconcile. To make us right with Him. You may not like it when you reconcile your checkbook and find there's less money in it than you wish. But at least you know that the number you have is right. Okay? And so, Jesus came to reconcile us to make sure that the two agreed together. What you say it has and what the bank says it has, right? Jesus came to reconcile us, to make us right, to bring us together with God, to make sure that our account with Him was straight. He came for that purpose. And you know what a byproduct was of that? That we are reconciled to one another. That we have a relationship with one another that probably would not have happened any other way. Any other way. As we look around this congregation, we have people from all over the place. People from Africa, yes? There you go, thank you. Yeah, exactly. What country were you born in? Ghana. People from Ghana. We have people from South America, right? What country were you born in? El Salvador. We've got people from all over the place. We've even got people from America. Yeah. Huh? Florida even. Yeah. We've got people from Europe, from Denmark. we got people from all over. People from everywhere here. Brought together by a love for Jesus. A love for the Savior. Jesus reconciling us together, yes? People reconciled by the blood of Jesus. It is beautiful. Now, here we are. You know, Jesus, Jesus can do a whole lot more than I can. No question about it, right? A whole lot more... I mean, he can reach all kinds of people that I can't reach. And he can reach them a whole lot faster by the Holy Spirit, right? Whole lots of things. Okay, it's a parable. This is not exact, all right? But you get the point that, that it's God's Spirit who can make all of this happen. And it's the same with us. We are brought together not because we were so great and had the money to pay our debt, for sin, right? It's not because we had anything in ourselves to be able to reconcile ourselves with God. Who paid that price for us? Jesus only, right? Jesus only paid that price for you and I. That means that it's not because I'm cool that I'm able to have a right relationship with Jesus. 
with God and with you. It's because God did this for me. And so we were once enemies, but now we've become valuable. We were valuable by creation. Who created us? Jesus. And who redeemed us? Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. We are his by creation and by redemption. Doubly God's. Jesus paid the price for us twice, if you will. How many of you like paying twice? You go to a car dealer. He says, you ask him, how much is this car? He says, $18,000. You say, oh, that's great. I'll, I'll pay you twice that. Are you up for that? Huh? You're not going to go for that, huh? You, you don't want to pay $36,000 for an $18,000 car? No. No. I don't either. But Jesus paid twice for you. That's how valuable you are. Is it because you're cool? It's because he chose to love you, to love me, to make a difference because of who he is, not because of who I am, right? <laughs> we are his by creation and redemption. No silver spoons here. It was because he loved us and did something for us. And so we are God's special people. We're blessed, not innately we have something special. It comes from outside of us. We are blessed, but we're blessed for a purpose. Now, because we're so special to God, shouldn't we just, you know, kind of revel in that? You know, we're cool. We got it all together. Yeah. Can you see my screwdriver saying, yeah, I got it. I can, I can drive screws. All right, let's see you do that. Not happening, is it? Not happening. The screwdriver is dependent. And so are we. Dependent on God to do any work in this world of any value, to bring anything together to bring any pieces of material together with a screwdriver, you're dependent on somebody to turn that screw. That's what we are too. We are called for a purpose, but we've got to be willing to give up sometimes our specialness, just like Jesus was willing to give up heaven for you and me. We need to be willing to give up for him as well. I think you probably remember Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny... What? What's that word? Deny. Is that even in American English anymore? Yes, it's American English. You need to deny yourself. But when it comes to me, those two can't go together in one English sentence in America, can it? Deny myself? Ooh, that's almost un-American, isn't it? Deny myself? It's okay if other people can do that, but most of the time, we, we don't want to even get out of line at the grocery store for the person who has one item because we have a cartload, you know? Hey, I was here first. It's my right to go first. 
it's the 11th coming. Huh? Uh, yeah, you better believe it. Absolutely. So, there we are. We don't know what it is sometimes to deny ourselves. But Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. But he goes further. And let him take up his cross. What was the cross used for? Was that to butt in line at the grocery store? That was an instrument of death. Are we willing to die for others? Are we willing to die? Let him take up his cross and follow me. Follow Jesus, because he led the way, didn't he? He was the one who was special, the one who was in heaven. He was the one who was equal with God. He was the one there, the creator, in the beginning with God. By him, all things were created and sustained. It was he who gave himself up for us. Follow him. That's what he's asking for, to follow him. Nothing more than that. We are not asked to blaze new trails. Hey, I didn't go there, but <laughs> why don't you? That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I took death, death on the cross for you. Take up your cross and follow me. Follow me. That's what Jesus is doing. But why? What's our point? What are we supposed to do that for? What is the purpose? What was Jesus' purpose? To reconcile, to bring things together, right? To bring them together. That is also our purpose. 2 Corinthians 5.19 God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them. And he goes on. Here's the key for you and me. Has committed the word of reconciliation to us. This work has been passed to you and I. We are now the ones who are supposed to bring things together. Now, here's the interesting thing. I've put in a lot of screws with this screwdriver. But you know what else I've done with this screwdriver? I've pulled things apart. I've taken things apart with this screwdriver. This same screwdriver can take stuff apart in a heartbeat if we're not careful. It's not different for you and I. We can reconcile people or we can drive them apart. We need to be reconciling. We have the word of reconciliation committed to us, not destruction. We are here to reconcile, to bring together. That is the work that God has committed to us. Look at the back of your bulletin for a moment, please. Back of your bulletin. Underneath all the phone numbers. The soul-saving message. The what? Soul-saving message. The third angel's message is the message to be given to the world. The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Here is the 
patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus, right? Look at what she says here. The commandments of God and the faith of Jesus are both important immensely. How big is immensely? Boy, howdy, immensely important, huh? Immensely important. It is immensely important and must, what? Must be given with equal force and power. The first part of the message has been dwelt upon mostly and the last part, casually, brothers and sisters, I have never thought of the word casually as being so damaging have you? I play a casual game or I go for a casual stroll. Casually. How casual have we been about our Christianity? How casual have we been about the faith of Jesus? How much are we out there ready to tell people about the seventh day Sabbath, but then when it comes to Jesus, oh yeah, we believe in Jesus, but hey, have you heard about the state of the dead? Casually, casually, how can we be casual about this God who is the creator God, the one who loved us and sustains us, the one who gave himself for us, who ran into the burning building for a screwdriver? And we're casual? How can we be casual about the message of our Redeemer? How can we go to work and think, oh, I'm just a worker here. I'm just a normal guy doing my normal thing. I'm just a normal person out here in this grocery store line. I'm just a normal person doing normal things. We're not normal. We're not here to be casual. We're not here to be just about all of the stuff casual people do. We have a purpose. We have a purpose to tell about the faith of Jesus. These, these 28 fundamental beliefs, brothers and sisters, are not casual. They're not ho-hum. They're not just, oh yeah, we believe those. Yep. They make a difference every day we put on our shoes. Every day. Because we have a commission to be connectors of people. To be reconcilers. To make a difference in the lives of others. We have this work that has been committed to us. This word of reconciliation. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you. Which was also... In Christ Jesus, brothers and sisters, you can walk out of here the same as you walked in here if you choose, but you can also let this mind be in you. Because it was in Christ Jesus to be willing to give up self for others. That's what we're called to do. To give this soul-saving message. Yes, the commandments, but also not casually. The faith of Jesus. That's who we are. 
That's what we're all about. To talk about this. We are to bring people together. And it starts right where you are. In your homes. In your church. Everywhere you go, you are there for a purpose. You're not there casually. You're not there by accident. You are there for a purpose, to tell people about Jesus. That's what you're there for. Let this mind, let it happen. Let God work through you. Let him be the power to connect with others. Well, I don't know how to do it. I'm just a screwdriver. I just sit there on the shelf. That's why we have to have God pick us up and use us. You may not know how to do it, but he does. He knows how to put it together. Let him use you. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, in your home, right here in this church. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of reconciliation. This week, what I probably should have done was Giving you all a screwdriver, right? So you could carry it around. Get you one of these long babies, you know? Stick out of your pocket, right? So you walk around. Hey, buddy, you got a screwdriver hanging out of your pocket. Yeah, I know. If we did that, would we walk around like this? <whistles> screwdriver? What screwdriver? Are we trying to hide something? If we had a nice long one like this, it would remind us constantly, right? We're here for a purpose. We're here to reconcile, to bring things together. We're here for God's purpose, not our own. And so, this week, maybe go to your toolbox. Grab a screwdriver. Okay, you can just grab a bit, you know? Because maybe that's even a better illustration. We're just bits in God's screwdriver, huh? Just carry that baby around. God's screwdriver. Remind yourself this week, my work is to reconcile. When you feel the urge to undo some screws and pull some stuff apart, and, you know, we usually call that yelling at someone, then remember, this screwdriver is for bringing things together. Let me let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus.